Welcome, welcome, welcome to Talking Functional Fitness. On this week's episode, we will be talking about the story of CrossFit Frostbite and how it came to be. From me, Charlie Riddell, the coach of CrossFit Frostbite. Welcome to episode one of our podcast, Talking Functional Fitness. My name is Charlie Rydell. Today we have a very special story. It's not really that special. It's just a story of how CrossFit Frostbite started. Uh, we are actually here at CrossFit Frostbite. And by we, I mean me, myself, I am screaming into the void. There is nobody around to check. Uh, but if you guys know anything about me, how uh, I coach classes here at CrossFit Frostbite, this isn't anything new kind of just talk to myself anyway. If anybody uh, enjoys what I have to say, then fantastic. If not, I always get a kick out of me. Uh, So let's just get into it. So uh, the story of CrossFit Frostbite, um, I guess, starts in 2012, 2011. I started working at a uh, global gym as a personal trainer. Um, In later episodes, I'm sure I'll cover why I decided to go uh, down that path, uh, whether it by uh, luck or happenstance. But either way, I started at uh, a, a big globo gym and because um, I, I needed a job um, and it was suggested to me by somebody that maybe I might uh, like doing this. So I went for it and I started, I remember my first week was uh, Black Friday week of, I think, again, I think it was two thousand and and 12 or 2011. So uh, this is eight, nine years ago. And uh, talk about being thrown into the deep end. Uh, there was, you know, 20, 25 other uh, trainers that I worked uh, along with. However, it's a kind of like any other sales position. It's a, it's a weird thing to say that you work with somebody when you're kind of in direct competition. However, uh, you, you can kind of lean on people and you can get referrals and all that stuff from people. So it's, it's a weird dynamic. So uh, this is Black Friday, one of the biggest sales days of the year for anybody. Um, personal trainers were no exception to that. So uh, that was a, that was actually probably one of the toughest days that I've had uh, in the business because just get my feet wet and everybody around me is uh, selling uh, a lot, selling a lot of money. And um, as somebody who got into the personal training field, uh, for not those reasons, I got into it. Like I think a lot of people who get into the fitness uh, field, we get into it because we really want to help people find fitness. Uh, we want to help people get healthy. We, you know, maybe you have an ability, maybe you have knowledge, whatever you want to share with people. You don't really get into it for the sales part. So to get kind of thrown into uh, the antithesis of what I wanted to do was a really tough day, um, but. It was a big learning experience because uh, it allowed me, you know, that's where I got to learn that this was this was going to be a big part of of this job. If I wanted to do this job for any amount of time, I was going to have to get um, good at it. So um, fast forward, I guess don't fast forward. We can just go through it. But uh, I was at that job for about two and a half years, and I, and I actually really liked it. Um, I loved. Uh, my boss is there, um, Sean, who is my boss there. I guess I'll keep last names out of it just in case. But uh, Sean, who is my boss there, the the greatest boss I've ever had uh, in any capacity. Um, you know, when you have a boss at, at a job uh, and 
their income is based largely on your performance financially. Um, and you can't tell that by their management style because they're, they're more interested in you developing as a person than they are uh, in them making money. I, I, I think that was probably the, one of the biggest um, um, reasons I stayed there as long as I did was because uh, my love for Sean and my love for his management style, and I think it's really uh, carried on into what I continue to do. So I was there for uh, two and a half years, and it was one of those um, situations where it was a uh, kind of a move up through the company or move out of the company situations. And um, the opportunities to move up were filled by um, outside people. So if you've ever been in a position where a company brings in people from the outside to fill positions that you feel like you're qualified for, um, obviously super frustrating. Um, but instead of um, you know, letting that kind of get to me and just being frustrated at my job, uh, starting my own CrossFit gym and had always kind of been uh, in the back of my head. Uh, I kind of felt like I was good at what I was doing. Um, I have the gift of gab. Maybe it's not quality, but obviously I'm sitting here talking into uh, the void for an extended period of time. Um, so I can talk. Uh, I have a big passion for fitness. I like doing what I do. I love helping people. I love connecting with people. Uh, but I felt like I could do this on a uh, on a bigger level. Uh, I, I thought the you know the the fifteen to twenty five people a week that I was seeing just wasn't quite enough. I felt like I could uh, reach more people um, doing it my own way. Nothing nothing wrong with the global gym model, but. I just felt like for what I could do, I could get out and do it. So um, really what I needed was an opportunity um, to A, um, save up money, and uh, B, uh, serve out a non-compete that we had signed. So we had a one-year non-compete. If you guys have ever had to deal with those, they're a super big pain in the butt. Um, They're probably not worth the paper that they're written on, especially since Michigan is a right-to-work state. And uh, if you are not financially compensated, they're not really enforceable. However, uh, I try to be a person of integrity. And when I sign something, even if it's not enforceable, I knew what I signed. Um, so I, I wanted to go ahead and do it. And um, it, by some happenstance, I don't know if anybody believes in higher powers or anything like that, um, but it could not have been a couple weeks after kind of the rug was pulled out from underneath me. Um, I got the opportunity to be a live-in personal trainer down in uh, down in North Carolina for a year. Um, a, a guy kind of just found me. Um, he had had one. He'd had a live-in personal trainer before. Um, kind of went through those same channels, uh, and then ended up finding me. And it was kind of right place, right time. Um, so I said, "Yeah, here's." Here's the deal. Um, I'll be with you for a year, which is what he wanted anyway. Uh, he didn't want anybody, you know, to kind of live with him forever. Um, he just wanted somebody to help keep him accountable and get him fit. And uh, I said, you know, at the end of this, here's what I want to do. I want to move back to Michigan and I want to um, start a CrossFit gym. Would you be interested in? Uh, would you be interested in helping out with that? And he said, Well, I just met you. <laughs> Although I will hire you to do a job for me, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a year. And uh, 
and that makes sense, right? You know, I'm not going to necessarily invest in somebody that I just met either. Uh, so over the next year, um, we obviously got to uh, be really close when you're living with somebody and um, you're working for them and with them and they're working for you. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about that in another episode as well. But so fast forward uh, a year to the date, uh, my dad uh, drove down, picked me up. Uh, that was on a uh, Thursday, uh, Friday. Uh, we uh, came to the spot and uh, I, I, I signed a lease to uh, our first spot at CrossFit Frostbite. So the whole time I was down in North Carolina, I was uh, seeing my then girlfriend, uh, then fiance, now wife and mother to my um, two beautiful boys, um, Rachel. Uh, she was a huge help with that. Uh, she was going out and seeing uh, places for me to start this gym. So the first time I had ever seen CrossFit Frostbite was actually through FaceTime. Uh, shout out or unplugged, uh, unpaid sponsor, uh, FaceTime, way to go. Um, so yeah, I came in that Friday. Um, I bought my truck the day before, drove it up to meet uh, my realtor, signed uh what then was the biggest check I'd ever signed over in my life. Since then, it's probably now the 10th biggest because business is expensive. Um, and yeah, I, I was unemployed. Um, I started myself a business and it was the scariest thing I'd ever done. I just moved back 500 miles um, with some cash in my pocket um, and some debt to some friends um, and uh, just started. I had, luckily for myself, I had a bunch of uh, good resources. Um, local uh, gym owners in the area that were more than uh, nice enough to help me out. Um, one of the best pieces of advice that I got, uh, I'll shout out to uh, shout out to Chris Arcure, uh, was he said, just start. You got to just open and just start getting people in. Start smaller than you think you need to. Uh, you don't need to deck the place out with all the things that you want to have in five years. Start with day one and then grow as people start coming in. Uh, so against my better judgment, which I've since learned if it's my first thought, it's probably wrong. Um, I listened to Chris and uh, just opened. It was actually like four weeks earlier than what I wanted to. I wanted more time to get the place um, ready, you know, do more stuff, build more uh, social media presence and all that stuff. But um, I listened to him and I'm uh, thankful that I did. So we opened up. Um, I had some members in day one. I was coaching all the classes, so very, very similar uh, scheduled to what we have now. Uh, I have a 545 class, a 7 a.m., a noon, and then a 456 and 7 p.m. class. So seven classes over the course of, what is that, 14, 15 hours. And I was the only coach. Uh, wasn't getting paid. Uh, again, my then girlfriend uh, was footing the bill for everything. She was putting a, putting a roof over my head for myself and the dog and herself, of course. And uh, just being very patient as I got to uh, live out my dream and build this thing up. So, um, yeah, did that for, uh, well, we started off actually for a, a couple of weeks and I was getting a little, I was getting a little impatient because um, I, again, when I left my global gym job, it wasn't because I wasn't doing well. It was because I wanted other opportunities. So we started frostbite and there's not, you know, there's not a full class, every class or even just some classes just didn't have any people. You know, I could coach the four and the five and there had you know, be two or three people in each one of those. Nobody at the six o'clock class and then maybe somebody comes in, you know, for the seven PM. 
Um, that was just reality. There was mornings that I'd show up at 545 and nobody would be here. Uh, I think at that time we were trying out a 930 class as well. Uh, that didn't go over well. That sense has, uh, you know, gone by the wayside uh, just for scheduling reasons. Uh, but yeah, I was getting a little frustrated and I, uh, I had a few good friends back in North Carolina and, uh, and John and Chris and, uh, you know, they said, Hey man, try Groupon. And I said, ah, you know, I, I really don't want to be a discount coach. I don't want to, you know, give away, um, you know, the cow for free, that whole saying. And he said, well, you can either sit there and not train anybody and not make any money, or you can train people and not make money. The choice is yours. And I said, well, if I'm not going to be making any money right now, I might as well be training people. So I started the Groupon thing and, I, you know, after a while, I felt like it was kind of a, it's kind of an okay idea because at least this was getting people in the door. Um, and the price of a CrossFit membership is more than what a uh, Globo Gym uh, membership is. And that's because there's other things that come with it. There's, you know, there's, there's training and there's programming and all that stuff. That, again, we'll get into the why do CrossFit um, in a later episode, but I just need people. We just needed to, just need to get the experience of, of a coaching, uh, you know, bigger classes. I, I did a lot of personal training and uh, and even kind of team training. I'd done some bigger classes, but it wasn't my full schedule. You know, you do two or three of those a week, and that was about it. So going from more the personal side of things to the the large group side of things was uh, was uh, pretty big. And you know, when people are looking around for gyms and they see you know the thirty dollar a month. Globo gym versus what a CrossFit gym can cost. Uh, if I could take away that initial hurdle of the price point and build in value into what we do and give a extended trial uh, for four weeks and say, hey, this is what we do. If you want to continue this after four weeks, let's let's talk about it. That's something that differentiated me from the rest of the market. Um, and it worked. It, uh, it, you know, like any business, I think it took longer than I wanted to, but I think relatively, um, it worked pretty fast. Uh, so we got to hire, uh, a couple coaches from there and, uh, we kept building and building. And then, uh, two and a half years in, um, we came across a really good problem to have. Uh, we were running out of space. So especially in the evening classes, um, in our old space. So if you guys have been to CrossFit Frostbite, again, this is March 20th, 2020. We're in a 9,000 square foot uh, facility right now. Uh, our original space was half that. Um, so imagine, again, if you guys have ever been here, we have the 1,000 square foot lobby up front, and then about 3,500 uh, of it was gym. So half of what we are currently working with now. And, uh, you know, you get 12, 15 people um, swinging around weights or doing pull-ups or trying to do shuttle runs and anything like that. That and, you know, when you're changing over from 12 to 15 people to 12 or 15 more people, you know, that's around 30 people uh, trying to get changed and all that good stuff. And it was it was getting pretty tight. So uh, I made the dumb decision to reach out to my landlord <laughs> to see what kind of spaces they had, um, which then tipped them off that we were looking. And they kind of played this game where they said, hey, this is what we have, uh, but people are trying to close on it. So you need to make a decision by next week. And I reached out to my realtor and I said, hey, you know, what else is in the area? I still got, you know, six months on my 
um, lease, what else is out there right now, just so I get an idea. And there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing uh, without having to move the gym, you know, three, four, five miles away, uh, which I'd heard uh, death sentences about. So uh, met with uh, some of our uh, coaches, some friends, and decided again, <laughs> let's, you know, I just got my head above water after, you know, drowning for a couple of years. I've just started to make a paycheck. Uh, I went to my, I think it was then wife or fiance. I don't know. I think we were married at that point. Uh, and I said, Hey, uh, here's a deal. <laughs> I want to move spaces, but, uh, what that means is I'm going to probably have to take a pay cut, um, for a little bit to try to get this thing, uh, off the ground a little bit. Do you think you can handle it for a little while while I'm not making a paycheck and without missing a beat, she was, uh, more than gracious enough to say, yeah, go do it again, go follow your dream. Um, so we did, and uh, we moved. That was in uh, February of 2018, I believe that was. Uh, so a little over two years ago uh, at, at this point to, again, now a 9,000-square-foot facility. And um, looking back on it, I couldn't couldn't be more thankful for everybody that I've had help along the way, um, pushing me, believing in me. Uh, you know, I kind of, there are days I wish I had, you know, the, the underdog story where people told me I couldn't do it. And there were, there were plenty of people that, you know, said, be careful. Um, you know, but for the, for the most part, or maybe they were just the loudest voices, uh, from friends and family, um, everybody believed in it. Everybody thought this was something that I could do even when I didn't. Um, so yeah, here we are almost, it'll be five years, uh, in July, July, 2015 was when we opened and, uh, we hit our five year anniversary then. Um, so yeah, that's the story of CrossFit Frostbite. Uh, now we have, I believe seven or eight coaches, um, you know, five times the, equipment that we had when we started. Um, and I guess the reason I tell this story is not, um, not to make myself sound like a, uh, any smarter than what I think I am. Cause I, cause I really don't, I don't think I'm the smartest person. I, I think I just listen pretty good to people and I trust the right people. Um, and when they tell me I can do something and it's something I want to do, I believe that it is something I can do. Um, I, I've been lucky enough to have uh, people around me and just say, just, just jump, just, just go for it. Uh, you, you don't know if you have the talent. You don't know if you can fly until you jump. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the story of CrossFit Frostbite. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the story of CrossFit Frostbite and how it became to be. If you did like this podcast, if you made it all the way to this point, please like, subscribe, share, follow us on the social medias. If you guys have ideas for future podcasts, if you have people you want to get on, if you have questions you want answered, hit us up on those social medias, Facebook, Instagram, especially. You can send me an email at charlie at crossfitfrostbite.com. I'll try to get back to you as fast as I can. Until then, enjoy it. Uh, Be safe out there. Yours in fitness. Peace.